For streaming, creating, gaming, and more, power your passions for less during Dell's exceptional Cyber Savings event. Enjoy up to $400 off stunning laptops like the XPS, along with high-performance desktops and next-level Alienware systems, redefining what's possible with 10th-gen Intel Core processors. Shop special prices on top-brand electronics and accessories, plus enjoy free shipping on everything. Don't forget to ask for Intel when you call 1-800-BUY-DELL. That's 1-800-BUY-DELL. Hello, Big Draws. <laughs> we got Mark Ingram on the show today. Felt obligated to say that good conversation about the Ravens. Also, Miles Sanders from the Philadelphia Eagles. And a lot of good conversation about the state of the world that we're in currently. It is Thursday, January 30th, and I can't thank you enough for listening to this show. If you're going to go to a live event, whether it's a concert, a comedy show, you know, like Bill Burr or Burt Kreischer, Shout out to both of them, giving me a shout out on their podcast, the Bill Burt Podcast. Very, very exciting times in my life to hear those two talk good about me. Big fan of them. That was awesome. Uh, Maybe you go to a comedy. Maybe you go to a sporting event. Maybe you go to a play. Whatever the case, if it's a live event, you have to get your tickets through our friends at SeatGeek. SeatGeek is our presenting sponsor. SeatGeek was our first ever sponsor. And SeatGeek is the greatest ticket buying platform on planet Earth and... That's right. Doesn't matter where you're going to buy the tickets, here on Earth or up there on the moon. If you buy at SeatGeek, that means you're getting the tickets at the best price because SeatGeek scans all the other ticket buying platforms to make sure you're getting the best value for every ticket that you purchase. So right now, use promo code PAT, you get $10 off your first order. Promo code McAfee, get $20 off your first order. Valentine's Day, right around the corner. Get that special someone a ticket to something that they've always wanted to go to. You're alive, but are you living? Go live and experience something live with our friends at SeatGeek today. Now, let's get to the show. I'd like to pivot to a thought that has come to the forefront of my mind due to what Shaq said last night and what a couple of NFL OGs have said to me in private via text since the passing of the legend Kobe Bryant. I think the overwhelming disbelief about his passing was a real one had by almost everybody. And to be honest, that's the actual first stage of grief, denial. The next stage of grief is anger, which I think a lot of folks experience as well. Whether it was with the pilot choosing to do a visual flight rule path on a day where there was no visibility, or with anything else involved in this incredibly sad and tragic event. I think a lot of people felt discontentment, if not actual anger about the whole thing. The next stage of grief is bargaining, then depression, Then finally, acceptance. I'm not sure everybody is at the acceptance stage of this loss yet, but I do know we are at a stage where I think folks are trying to change their life and their attitudes from the abrupt passing of a legend. A lot of people have buried hatchets and beefs with people due to this. Folks have decided to be better humans. Perspective has a way of doing that in all walks, especially when you lose a legend. Now, last night, Shaq said, amongst other things, that although he was an incredibly hard worker, This event is going to change the way he is with how he interacts with his loved ones and the time he chooses to spend with his friends and family. If you haven't heard it, you should listen to it. He said he hadn't physically talked to Kobe since the night he dropped 60 after Shaq asked Kobe to drop 50. I'm sure they texted, but you could tell that Shaq was shook by the fact that they didn't have more face-to-face time. I've had a few text message conversations with NFL OGs, Hall of Famers, that said this sudden passing has them completely rattled about how they choose and chose 
to spend their time on this earth. Many of us professional athletes' sole focus is on being great at a sport, trying to emulate that Mamba mentality, spending months away from our families to get great at a craft, and even when we're home, we're not actually present in the moment to be the best father, husband, partner, whatever it is that you could possibly be. In most Hall of Fame speeches, you'll hear the player apologize to their children for not being around enough. You'll hear them thank their wife for the unconditional support in holding the house together. It's just a part of being elite at something. It has to be your number one priority. Everything else in your life comes second, even your family. And although you're working to make a lot of money and provide an incredible life for your loved ones, oftentimes the amount of dedicated hours to the family is what gets shortened in this strive for excellence. I wonder if a ripple effect from Kobe's passing will be players from all sports deciding to walk away from the sports that they mastered to spend more time with the people they love. One OG asked me, what do you think Kobe would have changed if he knew that this was going to happen? Would he have walked away earlier? Would he have wanted to spend more time with Gianna and his other beautiful children and wife in lieu of an extra $100 million? None of us will ever be able to answer that question, but I think it's something a lot of professional athletes will ponder when ultimately making the decision in what they want to do with their lives and their lives' priorities moving forward. I think when you hear the science come out about concussions and when you hear these things talked about the future health of these athletes and now you add into the fact that it has been cemented and driven home so hard that all of this can end abruptly and immediately. I think what Shaq said last night echoes the sentiments of athletes and Hall of Famers in all sports that you have to prioritize time with things that truly matter. And I think a lot of people are asking themselves, have they focused on the things that truly matter enough? And I'll be excited to see the ripple effect of this across all sports. We're being joined by a national champion, a Heisman winner, representing Gatorade, Gatorade specifically Bolt 24, Baltimore Ravens running back, Big Trust, Mark Ingram. <laughs> What's up? What's up? Hey, your hype for Lamar Jackson was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my entire life. This year seemed like it was a great time to be a Baltimore Raven. Am I wrong in thinking that? No, it was a, it was a special time in Baltimore. We, we have a special team in Baltimore, obviously a special quarterback. So uh, just to be a part of that, be able to contribute a little bit, um, you know, it's just, it was a special season. Obviously, we ain't finished the way we wanted, but we're going right back to work. You know, we got goals to win the Super Bowl next year in Tampa, so. We right back at it again. You guys were must-see television every time you got on the field. I mean, now granted, a massive part of option football is the running back being a weapon every single time. And a lot of people thought that when your calf injury happened and going into the playoff game with you potentially not being at 100%, that was going to affect things. You said it didn't end the way you guys wanted to. I think everybody in this room projected you guys to win the Super Bowl, as did you guys because of how good you were. What do you think was the issue with that? Was it the rust of taking a couple weeks off, or was it just some days you're not clicking? I don't think it was the rush, man. I just think uh, every single snap, every single play matters so much in the playoffs, you know, because every single mistake is magnified because it's one game elimination. And I think you could point out a couple plays in that game where um, we didn't have success and that Tennessee capitalized on. I think, you know, the game is as simple as that, you know. So um, we had a couple turnovers, a couple fourth down stops that essentially are turnovers and uh, that they're able to capitalize on. And before you know it, the game is upside down and you're playing in the game trying to catch up and eventually you run out of time. So 
So we just have to be focused and uh, get back to the drawing board, man. Coach Harbaugh was very aggressive this year on fourth downs. Very aggressive. Yep, I mean, yep. whenever you have the offense that you guys had with that offensive line, with you, with Lamar, with the way everything was clicking, that was something that was a real weapon for you guys all year, is this ability not to give the ball back. We're using all four downs. This is four-down territory in all aspects. Was that something that Harbaugh talked to you guys like early, like when you guys started clicking, like, hey, this is going to be something we're going to use as a weapon this year. We're going to do things that no other teams will do. Yeah, man, we just knew that we were going to be aggressive. We knew early in the season when we went into Kansas, went into Kansas City, we, we knew we were going to be aggressive. We knew if we got in the fourth and short, that we were going to think the odds were in our favor, that we were going to be able to get it. So uh, we had that aggressive mentality all year. Coach Harbs had an ag aggressive mentality all year. Our OC, our O-line, whoever it is, you know what I mean? We had that aggressive mentality, and we know on fourth down we got to get it. we got to keep the ball away from the offense and um, from the opposing offense and keep the ball on our side. So, um yeah, that's the aggressive mentality we had, and uh, we believe in each other that way. Let's talk about that Heisman package. What a hilarious <laughs> troll. What a hilarious flex, but a real weapon for you guys. You have three Heisman winners, which normally, by the way, you don't seem to be this way. Neither does Lamar Jackson or RG3 at this stage of his life. But sometimes Heisman winners or people that have a lot of success in college can have massive egos. It feels as if you guys have just bought in completely to each other to try to make each other better. What is it about the guys and the chemistry in that locker room that have made you kind of put the egos aside, not get altered by the success, and just keep moving forward? I think we just have a great group of guys, man. Guys who understand the value of hard work understand the value of dedication, understand on one day at a time that you're only as strong as your weakest link. We have guys who care about each other genuinely, love each other genuinely, spend time with each other off and on the field. And I just think when you have a bond like that and a locker room, a camaraderie like that within your, your your locker room, it's hard to be beat, man. It's a special feeling. It's a special vibe. And you all thrive off each other. We all try and make each other better. We all try to do whatever we can to help us win the championship. And when you have a whole entire organization on one court like that, it's special. You guys have a great quarterback. And Lamar Jackson, did you guys have any idea that he was going to be able to become the player that he was this past year? I think everybody in this organization believed in him. Obviously, they did, you know, making him the starter. And uh, just me coming in as a free agent, you could tell that every single person in that locker room believed in Lamar, wanted to do everything they can to help Lamar succeed. So um, I think everybody believed in him. Everybody knew that he was capable of accomplishing these things. And we just want to do the best we can to make his job as easy as possible. Next year. Do you now listen? I've been a part of some very good teams, very lucky to ride the coattails of very good teams. To be able to accomplish what you guys accomplished this past year, again next year, would be an insane feat. I mean, it would be an absolutely insane feat, especially in the NFL. You've been around the NFL. Defensive coordinators get paid millions of dollars as well. Do you guys expect the same type of success running the same type of offense, or are you guys going to have to change it up a little bit, you think? We expect, we expect to have more success. <laughs> Let's go! You know what I mean? So, um, of course, defensive coordinators are going to try to come up with things to stop us, but we're going to come up with things to keep having success. We have great offensive coordinators, great offensive minds, great athletes on the offensive line. So we're just going to try to get stronger, bring back our guys, get stronger, get better, and we're trying to have more success next year when and Mar be at that Super Bowl in Tampa. So that's what we're working for. Uh, when Marcus Peters – was traded to the Baltimore Ravens. You heard all of the L.A. Rams come out and say, hey, this guy was an incredible teammate. He was good in the locker room because there's this kind of uh, cliche, I don't want to say cliche, but kind of like uh, 
There was a lot of bad hype PR around yeah. Marcus Peters because of maybe how aggressive he is because he talks, because he gets into a fight. But all the L.A. Rams players came out and were like, hey, this guy is a good teammate. He was nothing but everything we asked for. When he got to that Ravens defense, it feels as almost your team took another step forward. What was Marcus Peters' addition to the locker room like? Man, it was huge. I mean, he was huge. And, and like you said, I don't know where that stigma comes from because this guy is an amazing teammate. I, there's not a guy that I would rather play with. And he rides for his teammates, man. Like, uh, he cares about his teammates. He loves his teammates. And if you're not his teammates, he don't care about you. So that's what I love. And he goes he goes out every single Sunday, every single day. He, he, he He's a professional, uh, has a great work ethic, and he instantly made our defense better. As you can see, uh, his first game with us was Seattle. Uh, he had a, a huge pick six for us. We jumped the route, returned for a touchdown, and that essentially was the difference in our game, getting a tough road win in Seattle. So uh, the presence he brings, the leadership he brings, the experience he brings, and the playmaking ability he brings was essential for us to be a great team. Well, I enjoyed watching him over there. I enjoyed watching your team come together. This weekend, obviously, massive game. And you're a man with a very high football IQ. And although you guys aren't in the game like we all wished, including us, including you, this is a old-school football versus new-school football is what everybody says. And I'm sure that was said about you guys a lot. You guys heard that as well. This Niners team, they only passed the ball eight times in the NFC Championship game because they were able to run all over the pack. I mean, they were able to do whatever the hell they wanted to the pack. 186 yards before contact for most of them. Hey, hey, those are, hey. Wow. Hey. running back, you love that. Hey. <laughs> hey, that's a big deal. This week. 180 is- before contact? Sheesh. Yeah, you can play for 45 years if you're able to do that. But um, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> this weekend, obviously, that Chiefs offense is incredible. They've really hit a stride here, right? They've been able to get hot. They've been able to flip a switch and score 28 points like this. How do you see this weekend's game going off? Man, I think it's going to be a great game, man. You have a strong defense, great pass rushers um, versus – an elite quarterback, super fast, cheetah wide receivers, you know what I mean? Good running back, uh, solid O-line, and then you got uh, the Chiefs defense versus uh, the 49ers offense who, like you said, the smash mouth, bloody football, want to hit you in the mouth, want to run the ball, be physical with you. I think it's going to be a great football game. I think it's going to be great football for all football fans around. But, um, man, I think it's going to be a close, tough, hard-fought game, but – it's going to be hard, man, because you got to score with that Pat Mahomes, and he just kind of he just kind of does his thing, man. He just kind of makes it happen. You don't know what's going to happen or how you're going to do it, but he kind of always makes it happen. So I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. That D-line for the Niners eats, right? That's what they do. They eat. Is that something they eat? I mean, it's next level. Yeah. As, as a running back, right, pass pro is a big deal, right? I mean, pass protection is a massive deal. Is that something that you know going into the game, like, hey, I'm going to have to at least chip this guy if I get out of the backfield. I'm going to have to do something like this? A thousand percent. You know that they generate pass rush from just their front four. So um, anytime, you know, they bring pressure with their backers and their DBs too. So you have to be aware of your secondary pressure. But if you have no pressure as a running back, you definitely want to help chip on the end or, or swab through the A or B gap. Um, wherever you can help, wherever you see that you need your assistance is needed, that's where you need to be assisting at because um, you want to give the quarterback some time to deliver that football because that pass rush can get to him quickly and ruin the game for you if you don't account for him. Mark, you were in New Orleans for a long time. Do you think uh, Drew's got a few more years left in him or do you think he's going to walk away? Man, I think Drew has – I think he can play at a high level for at least a few more years, man. But um, whatever he decides to do, he's a legend. He's the GOAT. He deserves whatever he decides, man. If he decides to keep playing, I'm sure he's going to have 
New Orleans right at the top of the NFC contention again. And uh, if he decides to stop, man, he's just going to be a great father, a great husband, and a great asset to uh, the world in general, man. He's just a great human being, a great great father, great husband, great person to be around. So um, I wish nothing but the best for Drew. I love Drew with all my heart. That's my guy for life. Mark, everywhere you go, there's success. <laughs> Excuse me? Everywhere you go, there's success. Hey, man, I, 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 I'm glad that's the case, man. I'm glad that's the case. <laughs> I just try to hold up my end of the bargain, try to be the best I can to help the greater cause be successful, man. So that's all I'm doing. I don't think locker room camaraderie gets talked about as enough as an X factor. I, I honestly don't think that. Every good team I was on, the team liked each other. Every bad team I was on, there was clicks. I assume you're a massive part of that and take a lot of pride in the locker room camaraderie. Yes. Man, I just try to be a genuine person. I just try to be myself. Um, when I got to New Orleans, they allowed me to be myself. When I got to Baltimore immediately, the guys accepted me, embraced me, allowed me to be myself. When I could be myself, I think I just am able to show love, I'm able to show my energy and um you know, it's just genuine, man. It, you can't you can't fabricate that. You know, it has to be genuine. It has to happen naturally. And um, I've just been blessed to be in situations where I've been able to show my personality and my energy naturally to my teammates and to everyone around me. Yeah, you've done a great job. What the hell is Bolt 24? Hey, man, you know Gatorade. You know, I've been drinking Gatorade. You've been drinking Gatorade. During activity, you kind of always do that. So Bolt 24 by Gatorade is the off-the-field hydration drink. Let's go. It has everything you need to perform at an optimal high level. Antioxidants, electrolytes, vitamins, no artificial flavor. We got the watermelon strawberry right here. Fire flavor. <laughs> like a Jolly Rancher. You feel me? In a bottle. No. <laughs> but, yeah, so... Off the field, hydration drink, keep me right, perform at an optimal level. Got to stay hydrated, my people. What is your off-season like? Will you take a trip? What will you do? Oh, of course, man. Definitely some trips. After this week's uh, working on Super Bowl, me and the wife, we're going to fly with the kids to the to the Cayman Islands. Ooh. You know, be on the beach, relaxing with the kids. Um, come back, relax a little bit. Then me and her will take a trip by ourselves without the kids. Hey. Come back. I might take a trip with the homies. <laughs> Going traveling. You know what I mean? Traveling. Grinding, spending time with the family, uh, just enjoying life, man, with the people I love. Hey, Heisman or Heisman winner, national champion. I assume he's going to be a Super Bowl champ within the next Thank couple you, years Jesus. with the Ravens. Yes, sir. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, from Radio Row with Gatorade and Bolt 24, Mark Ingram, Big Trust. We appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, man. Cheers, dude. Yes, sir. Hey, he's good. He, everywhere he's been, there's been success. Mm -hmm. That is wild. I didn't ask about the pass interference. Call him back. We're past that. Call him back. Call him back. <laughs> uh, it was a good conversation with him. I appreciate him. We all know what happened there. What's that? It was pass interference. Clearly. The NFL knows. They tried to put in a rule, but Alberto Riveron refused to live by it. Sorry for interrupting. Um, I'm currently recording these ads from my bed. This bed that I'm currently sleeping in is the most comfortable bed I've ever laid in. Now, granted, I have the best dog to ever exist laying in between my legs in Valerie, who's half pit bull, half Sharpay. And laying next to me is my beautiful fiance, Sammy Lynn 24. <laughs> and on the other side of that is potentially one of the worst dogs ever exist. Very cute. Very, very cute. Just shits in the house, pisses in the house, doesn't fully know his name and everything like that. But the bed that we're all laying on, we all agree, is the most comfortable bed we've ever touched. And this bed arrived in a box 
at the front door. This bed was the most convenient to buy bed that I've ever experienced. This bed is from Lisa. Lisa is this incredible mattress company that takes out all the awkward, uncomfortable, and frankly, weird interactions that you have to have at mattress stores, where you got a weird car salesman guy who can't sell cars, so he's trying to sell you bunky old beds. You're laying on there, there's other people's sweats been on there, and they're, they're I don't want to say coronavirus, I don't want to say that, because that'd be rude of me to say, but you don't know what other people got when they're laying on those damn pillows out of mattress stores. And then they're asking you like, oh, is this one comfortable? I don't know. Is it comfortable or am I just uncomfortable and I'm trying to get the hell out of here and this one's a little bit better than the last one? Is it, do you want the springs? Do you want, I just want to feel good. Lisa did all the scientific research for you to make sure you get the greatest bed. It arrives at your doorstep in a box. Easy to unpack. Less than five minutes for most people. It took us two and a half minutes to get this thing into the bedroom. Talk about convenience. And right now, when you go to lisasleep.com and utilize promo code McAfee, you get $250 off plus 25% off all bedding. $250 off plus 25% off all betting with promo code McAfee at lisasleep.com. If you're in the market for a new mattress, if you're in the market for a new bed, this is the way to go, especially getting $250 off and 25% off your betting with promo code McAfee at lisasleep.com. You won't regret it. You'll love it. Just like the best dog to ever exist loves it right here in between my legs, just like my fiance, and just like that dog that's an asshole on the other side of the bed will love it. You will love it just as much. Your body deserves to not only sleep, but feel damn good doing it. LisaSleep.com, promo code McAfee. Rob Gronkowski was holding a press conference yesterday at the Super Bowl, which... A lot of press was around him, by the way. It wasn't like he was doing Radio Row. He had his own press conference yesterday because he's a Fox Sports analyst now at this point, and Fox is hosting the Super Bowl, and he had this to say. Can you shed any light on his future? You know, I I really haven't talked to Tom like that. You know, I I did talk to him, though, after the game, and, you know, uh, you know, just... Uh, you know, just talked. You know, it wasn't even all about football. Uh, some of it was just, you know, about life and all. But, you know, I, I truly believe that, you know, he deserves the opportunity to go explore to see what's out there. Uh, I mean, he's been playing for so long. And just the way that he's been playing, just the um, level he's been playing at, I mean, he definitely deserves an opportunity to go out there and test the market. I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, you've never done it before in your career. And uh, he's going to be a free agent for the first time ever. So uh, good for him. Go test out the market and then do what's best for himself. That's what. That's the decision. That's the decision that he has to make is what's best for himself, what's best for his family, uh, what what he feels like he's going to love. So that's all up to Tom. And he's a grown man, and he'll be able to make that decision on his own. Would it be strange to see him in a different uniform, though? Not Patriots uniform. You know, it, uh, it's always strange. I mean, no matter who the player is, if you see a. You know, a player play on a team for 10 years and go to another team, it's, it's always strange at first. But, you know, um, everyone gets used to it after a little bit. But uh, it would definitely be strange, I would say, if that happens for a couple weeks. It may be strange. So, uh, But everyone adapts. So, like, like any other time, it happens. 
I am done with that guy. Are you kidding me? You just had to listen to that back. Obviously, uh, Connor Campbell, massive masshole and a big time <laughs> Patriots fan who is slowly watching mm-hmm. this team that he has grown up with. How old are you? 24. So for the last 20 years, since the age of four, he has watched this dynasty just dominate the NFL. He loves football, played football at a few different high schools. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so the sport that he loves, the team that he loves, for most of his life has been dominant. I think that can be said about a lot of New England Patriots fans at this point. Yes, Jerry Thornton and the older Patriot heads that are out there speaking, they talk about the days where it was gloom and doom for the Patriots, but for the last two decades, the New England Patriots have been nothing short of dominant. They have been nothing short of impressive. They have been a dynasty that will never happen again. And now, in this offseason, starting in 2020, it appears as if the pieces to the puzzle are just falling out of place as if Thanos was to snap a finger (laughs) and Boston Connor, Connor Campbell has to watch this, a guy who made a living and a lot of success and had a blast as a New England Patriot who's good friends with Tom Brady is now saying that he believes his friend should test the waters of free agency which by the way every single human outside of New England thinks that Tom Brady should do, including ex-players. All ex-players are telling Tom Brady, you've taken team-friendly deals for far too long. Why don't you go ahead and see if anybody else wants a piece of you? Now, you got to remember, whenever you mention there, you've seen guys play for teams for 10 years, and then when they change jerseys, it's a little bit weird. Happened with Peyton Manning. Now you only see Peyton Manning in a Denver Broncos jersey. Only. Whenever people put a picture up of Peyton Manning, it's in a Denver Broncos jersey. Everybody knows he was an Indianapolis Colt, but won a Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos, broke a lot of records there. Was it weird? Yes, but now it's almost became normal. Another guy that left New England after getting franchise tagged three times in a row, who I believe was told by numerous people, including his agent, that there's probably not a lot of interest in you in the market. Adam Vinatieri left New England, becomes an Indianapolis Colt after becoming the all-time leading scorer, I think, for the Patriots. After 10 years, comes to the Indianapolis Colts, wins a Super Bowl immediately, and I would argue everybody is very comfortable with him being an Indianapolis Colt. Everything Gronk said there is very accurate. Would it be weird for the first couple weeks watching Tom Brady play for another team? I think so. But if he has any success at all, it'll be quickly forgotten. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Chargers. Congratulations to the Las Vegas Raiders. Congratulations to the Chicago Bears. Congratulations to the Indianapolis Colts. Congratulations to the Carolina Panthers. Congratulations to all these teams. Whenever somebody from the inner circle of Tom, which isn't a big one, Gronkowski, I believe, is in the inner circle of Tom, is saying, hey, He's telling him, like, just go see what's out there, bub. Just go see what's out there. Why not? That can't be good for Patriots fans, but I think it's good for a lot of other teams that are currently in the market for a quarterback. Connor, I've, I've, lived, I've lived a long life. Oh, yeah? And I've, <laughs> and I've learned one thing. What's that? Don't be sad because it's over. <laughs> be happy because it happened. And that's, that's just all I can say to you. But you were saying that a lot of players are saying, Tom, go ahead. The one player that, ex-player that is Joe Montana is saying, to stay with the New England yep. Patriots. Yeah, Joe Montana sells Skechers as well. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, 
he he went from 49ers to Chiefs, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then he took the Chiefs to the AFC Championship game. And I would assume something happened. While, is that accurate? Yeah, he didn't want to leave, though. They kind of forced him out. Steve because Steve Young was there. there. Right. Yeah, so I think that's a little bit different circumstance. Now, granted, could have been the same there with Jimmy G, which it looked like it was starting to be, <sighs> potentially. And I think Joe Montana is probably taken care of by, a lot more by the 49ers faithful than he Correct. is by the Chiefs faithful. But right now, Peyton Manning, he goes to Denver, king. He comes to Indianapolis, statue. That's the type of thing that could happen. Although I respect Joe Montana and everything he's done, and I think Tom Brady respects and appreciates Joe Montana a lot, so those words probably mean a lot for him. But it's a different time, different situation, different era, and boy, this team that I've enjoyed watching, you know, just navigate the rocky waters of the NFL, somehow figure out a way to win without many pieces in play, is just all slowly. I, Dan Orlovsky said it this morning on Get Up, who looks very thin, by the way. Dan Orlovsky looks very thin. I, I don't think the guy's had a sandwich in a while. He looks very good. His brain is a good one. He reaffirmed the fact, by the way, the Chiefs are going to win this weekend, which makes me feel mm-hmm. good because I bet a lot of money on them. Not, not that I don't, I, I don't disrespect the Niners. I respect the Niners. I just think that offense is is so good. I, I, and the defense is damn good over there, too. And their punter, Colquitt's damn good and Bucker's good. Just like, I think this is a very good matchup. I just like the Chiefs. Orlovsky basically told me that RPOs have been a problem for the 49ers. And Patrick Mahomes can run the RPO, and he's a mobile quarterback. So, nevertheless, Dan Orlovsky said he doesn't see how Tom Brady sticks around at this point. In the Patriots, right, this decision has to be made by, what, March 16th or whatever? Mm -hmm. Just like Drew Brees' decision has to be made by March 16th. What could the Patriots possibly do from now till March 16th? The offensive line coach is gone. Special teams coach, who Rob Gronkowski said is one of the smartest people he's ever been around, gone. One of his good friends now, Rob Gronkowski, is telling him to go test the waters. I mean, Julian Edelman's hopping on cars I, I mean, a lot of things are happening. It feels as if this is the end, and it's just, uh, it's very sad. I'm very sad. Oh, it's sad for you? It's You're really sad. sad? Very, very sad. <laughs> how, gr- how great must it feel for Brady, though, to be told you were just a piece of the puzzle all these years, mm-hmm. and now you get to go here from all these other teams? How great he's you are. He's getting courted. He's going to get recruited. It's well-deserved. He deserves it. Absolutely. I don't disagree with that. He deserves to test the waters. But at the end of the day, come back home. Let's not Let's not be foolish here. we got to get to a break. I have a question for you. Yeah, you buddy. Do. If he goes somewhere else and doesn't win, let's say he goes somewhere and plays two or three more years, do you think of it as like a failure? Or do you think he's accomplished so much already? We, you, we won't remember it. Right. In like, the grand scheme of things, we won't remember it. But I don't think Tom Brady's going to go anywhere and fail. I might. Remember it. Well, you think like <laughs> Franco Harris left at the end of his career, went to Seattle. No Nobody one remembers knows. him as a Seahawk. Nobody Richard knows. Seymour left New England, yep. was a Raider. We Nobody that. knows. Yeah. Nobody will remember it later in life. Nobody will talk about it. But I don't think Tom Brady's going to go anywhere where there's going to be a chance for failure. Well, and on the flip side, he may go to L.A., the Chargers win to, and no one even remembers he was ever a Patriot. You oh, know? Jeez. Oh, relax case over there, all right? <laughs> relax. <laughs> Here's another person I enjoyed watching this year. Up for the Pepsi Rookie of the Year, which is no small feat. It normally takes people a long time to adjust to life in the NFL, especially if you're not a first-round draft pick. This guy is a running back from Penn State, had to sit behind Saquon Barkley. Only he and Saquon Barkley, since the year 2000, are NFL running backs who have rushed for 800 yards and received for 500 yards. This guy from the Penn State University, Philadelphia Eagle Fly, Eagle Fly, on the road to victory. At Booby Miles Sanders, Miles Sanders. 
Thanks for having me, man. Did you spend your entire rookie <laughs> check on that chain that you have on right now? Nah. <laughs> nah, I didn't. Hey, that thing is nice, flexy. You got three on. How many chains you got on down there? I got three. I got two ropes and uh, a cucumber. Hey, good for you, Miles. You deserve it, by the way. All the cash got and all the hard work few. that you've put in your entire life has paid off this entire year. You're up for the Pepsi Rookie of the Year. How massive an award would this be to add to your collection? Oh, man. Yeah. All I can say is it'll be, it'll be a blessing, man. And um, can't do it without uh, the man upstairs that's, that's working on this, you know. And, uh, you know, it's, it'll, be, it'll mean so much to me to the point of bringing me to tears. All the hard work that I've done to get to this point, um, you know, everything that my mom has done for me to get to this point, so uh, it'll just be a blessing. Okay, let's talk about that. Um, you decided to go to Penn State. You were the number one ranked recruit uh, coming out. You go to Penn State, and the story told, if it's accurate, is that you thought you were going to be running back by committee with Saquon Barkley. Then you get there, and it's a completely different animal. I'm assuming you got to learn a lot from Saquon, though. Would you go back and do anything different to get more time in college, or would you still take that time learning from Saquon Barkley? Oh. Um. I, I don't think I can say there's anything I can do differently. You know, uh, Saquon's a heck of a player, and, you know, it was just his time. He got there a year before me, and he blew up, and they kind of just kept him stuck with him. And I understand that. Uh, but I just had to really prepare myself until, until I got my chance, you know. And I learned a lot from him as far as just the little things, really. I mean, uh, can't really teach this stuff or learn from the stuff that he does on the field. You know, he's a, he's a one of one once in a decade type of player and uh you know just just really just you know just uh keeping my body right uh main that's the main thing that i really got off of him just making sure your body's healthy because uh your best ability is your availability and um you know just as far as eating right uh doing little stuff you know watching extra film and uh stuff like that you know getting in early leaving late just stuff like that uh just grinding that's what we got. I got some Saquon's a stud. And as I said in the opening there, you two are the only two rookies since the year 2000 to rush for 800 yards and receive for 500 yards. This year, a lot of injuries on the Philadelphia Eagles. You became a real weapon for Carson Wentz and that Eagles team. What was the expectations going in on yourself in your rookie year of the NFL? Because it's not an easy thing to jump from college to the NFL, especially a running back. Yeah, you just said it. It's not easy at all. And, um, had a lot of stuff that I had to get used to. Uh, um, my expectations was to go out and just, you know, just give my all, really. Um, see, you know, not really test the waters because you don't really have time to be doing that uh, once you get to this this league. It's not like college where you red shirt and stuff like that. But uh, I think uh, it started off a little slow. Uh, I felt like I was still effective in the beginning, but kind of really took over the second half of the season, you know, when guys started getting banged up. And I really had no choice but to just, uh raise my game to another level and um that's what i want to keep doing as far as coming in the next season i just want to raise it to another level and just be effective what's a misconception about carson wentz that people don't know what, what's a misconception about carson wentz there's a lot of things said about carson wentz he might be one of the most polarizing great quarterbacks out there because of nick Foles winning the super bowl the year that Car people forget that carson wentz the beginning of that year was incredible until he got hurt nick Foles just came in and did well then it's kind of what have you done for me lately this year a lot of injuries carson wentz did an incredible job coming back at the end as did you what did you learn from carson wentz or what's a misconception about carson wentz you think um, I say his leadership. Uh, I don't think anybody really knows how how big his leadership was this season. Uh, he was a 
He was a, a big part of the season as far as off, really offensively. Um, you know, with all the guys getting banged up uh, or starting guys getting banged up, it didn't really matter to him who was out there. And uh, he just gave us the confidence and allowed us to go out there and make plays for him. And that's what I love about him. And the stuff that he said in the, uh, in the huddle and locker room, you know, uh, during the week, he, he's not really trying to get uh, the receivers that we had to be comfortable with the plays that they that they run into one. They were kind of really just acting like what what's what's comfortable with them, you know, trying to get to know them better, you know, as far as with their game is so we have a better chance of executing on Sunday. So that's what I love about him though. He's a good leader. What's something that's said inside the huddle? I've never been inside of a huddle. That's a factual statement. I've never we had one, I guess there was a timeout before an icing of a kick that we huddled on the field because we were already out there. It was only a 30-second huddle. I tried to crack a joke. <laughs> it, it, it didn't go great. But inside the huddle, Carson wants, I'm sure he's a commanding presence, but what is something he'll say to kind of get the thing going? What is the huddle like in there? He'll say, man, let's just ball out and have fun, man. Be a playmaker, be a dog, you know, all that stuff. That I, I like stuff like that, man, be a dog. And he used to say that to me every game, and I'll, that'll just get me ready, you know. That's the type of type of lingo I'm used to and he'll, he'll bring it out of me. Carson Wentz is from where? North Dakota? Yeah. 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 Carson. I don't know how he, where he got it from. but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So you're about to go into a time and you're in it right now. For the first time in your entire life, I would assume you have this happened for me. You have money and you have free time. What is something you're going to do, Miles Sanders? Um, I mean, I don't do a lot. Uh, hey, every, anybody that I know or knows me can can say the same thing. I don't do a lot. Uh, we're like homebody, I could say. Um, so um, I'm not worried about the money, which I think I'm pretty cool there. <laughs> My mom handles everything too. So um, uh, really, uh, as far as like in season, I'll probably just main thing when I get home from uh, the facility and stuff is relax, you know, uh, watch film if I really have to. Uh, really just relax, you know, and take care of my body and my free time. As far as now that I got a lot of free time, uh, I've been busy doing stuff like this, so uh, keep me out of trouble at the same time, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be interested to see what you do, because after this, my, my rookie year, we went to the Super Bowl, and then everything just stops, right? Your coaches stop reaching out to you because they're going on vacations, too. Everybody kind of just disappears. Your teammates... I'm not my coach. Deuce, Deuce is still calling me. I don't know why, but he's still calling Because <laughs> you've got a lot of promise, man. He sees a lot of promise in you, so he wants to keep you on straight. Yeah, yeah. This rookie offseason, though, is one where a lot of people, you know, get a chance to get freedom for the first time in their lives, and a lot can happen. I'll be excited to see what you do with it. I can't wait to see you come back even better. Now, two times in this conversation, you've mentioned your mother. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? The mom's the lady, huh? She handles your money. She handles everything. She's kind of taking care of. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's my rock. Uh, that's. That's the person I do everything for, man. She sacrificed so much for me. Uh, I can't even put in the words how, how much I appreciate her uh, as far as calling off work every Friday starting from high school to make sure I'm at the, my game, calling off weekend days, weekdays for me to go to camps and take me to visits and stuff like that, uh, driving 10 hours from Pittsburgh to Iowa to see me play in Iowa, stuff like that. So uh, stuff like that I'll never forget. And, uh, man, I just hope to... That she knows how much I appreciate it, that's all. And this is all I'm doing for. Double U, double O, D Y. Woody That's where my mom went to school. You graduated from the same school as my mom. Steve, okay. Stevie Breston, 
Ryan Mundy, mm -hmm. Rob Gronkowski, Booby Miles Sanders, all graduates with Sally McAfee School. <laughs> <laughs> I respect that. I bet. Hey, um, do you have a speech prepared for if you win the Rookie of the Year? No, I don't. Uh, I'm go from the heart. Hey, uh, hey, don't. Don't. No, no, no. Miles, have a little something. Right. Don't, don't just go up there and just freeze. Are you going to freestyle that thing? Uh, I, that's what I've been doing. I mean, I don't really come in really with something to say. I just freestyle say what's on my mind. I respect it. All right. Make sure you have seven <laughs> chains on when you win that thing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, up for the Pepsi Rookie of the Year, stud running back from the Philadelphia Eagles. Can't wait to see what you do with the rest of your career. You said Saquon's a once-in-a-decade running back. You could be the same, so you two could be two of a decade. Uh, Miles yeah. Sanders. Thank you, Miles. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, man. You can't go into that award freestyling that. you got to have at least a little bit of direction. An outline yeah. or something. you got to have something. Like, I go up on, um, when I do stand-up, I have never practiced any of the stories that I'm telling in front of a stage. It's normally the first time I'm telling the stories to people that I don't know. But even I have a little bit of a plan on where I'm headed. He, he should have a plan. I, I don't know if he will, but he should have some sort of plan whenever he gets up. If he sticks to just talking about his mom and thank his mom, I think he'll be all right. Because yes, I agree. it seems very passionate about it. And, he, yeah, he's definitely going to cry. So he graduated from Sally McAfee School. Yes. Which is... Uh, Pretty awesome. Western Pennsylvania guy. People forget Rob Gronkowski, Western Pennsylvania mm -hmm. guy, because he got expelled from his school in Buffalo <laughs> for sending an email, uh, I guess late night, that he didn't think would get tracked back to him. <laughs> Not drunk. I think that's the story. I, I think I've heard conflicting stories, but the story that is most true that I've heard is he sent an email as a joke to somebody. And then that got taken. It was like not like a threat or anything. It was like a joke to somebody. And then it got tracked right back to him. And they were like, oh, you can't come over here anymore. He's like, all right, I'll just go to this dominant school in <laughs> Western Pennsylvania that has like seven professional athletes. Sorry to interrupt once again. I just want to let you know that if you're like me and you've got stuff, lots of stuff, stuff you no longer use or maybe never, ever use, stuff that doesn't spark your joy in life. Now that New Year is here, it's time to finally deal with it all. And I'm not talking about hiding it in the closet. I'm talking about selling it on Mercari. Now, I won't say Happy New Year because I watched Curb Your Enthusiasm. And I think it's a bit late. But it is still the first month of the new year. And it is still time. And there's enough time for you to change your ways, change your life. Now it's time to sell some of your old stuff that you don't use anymore on Mercari. You know, Mercari, the selling app that makes selling almost anything fast and easy and fun. So here's where you begin. You go through your home and find all the stuff that you didn't use in 2019. The phone in the drawer, those jeans you only wore once, the handbag hiding in the back of your closet. You know what I'm saying, Samuelin? Listing only takes minutes. You take a few pictures, you add a description, and boom! Your item is connected to millions of buyers on the app. Mercari will even email you a shipping label when it sells. Everything ships so there are no awkward meetups with any strangers at all. The app has over 500,000 reviews on the App Store with an average 4.8 star rating. Why wouldn't you give it a try? Half a million people have reviewed this thing, have reviewed Mercari and said, yep, damn good. 4.8 star rating. That's impossible to have these days on anything. Mercari is the real deal. Mercari is here to help you sell the stuff laying around your house. It's fast and easy and make some money. Ring in this new year. Ring in this new attitude. Ring in the month of February with less stuff in your home and more money in your pocket with Mercari. That's M-E-R-C-A-R-I. Mercari, the selling 
app. Back to the show. We have breaking news. Connor Campbell thinks that any quarterback <laughs> could have played quarterback for the Patriots for the last 20 years and had the same amount of success. Is that not what you just said? Blasphemy. Oh. This is all slander. I did not say that. You said we are good as long as we have Bill Belichick. That is all that matters, which is implying the fact that if you had Bill Belichick and any quarterback was there, that the Patriots could have been just as good. I just don't think that we're going to go from what we were to a 4-12 team or a 3-13 oh. team. Oh. I, I still, have faith. I still have faith in the system. Now, here's the question to be asked about the Patriots. We just asked about Tom Brady. If Tom Brady goes elsewhere and does not have success, will we talk about it or remember it down the road? The answer is no because a lot of great players have transferred teams at the end of their careers and not done great. I mean, it happens on a regular basis. It gets wiped clean because of all the great times that they had. But the question now is, if the Patriots turn out to not be great after Tom Brady leaves, will people talk about Bill Belichick not having success for the last two, three, four, five years if it's not as great when Tom Brady was there? Well, they say Bill Belichick couldn't have done it without Tom Brady as opposed to Tom Brady couldn't have done it without Bill Belichick. That's a question I'd like to ask you, masshole. Uh, I'd say no, just because we're still going to remember what Bill Belichick was able to do. Uh, but yeah, it still makes me very nervous to think about that I possibility. Agree. I agree. It's possible. I think Bill Belichick's one of the smartest humans to ever walk this earth, including in the football. What's up? Who's reputation is tarnished more if they separate and Belichick. they don't do well. Belichick. Greatest coach of all time, in my eyes. Greatest coach of all time. Like, unbelievably good at coaching football. The way he was able to, you know, he just, and this is kind of what Jorge Masvidal said to Rich Eisen yesterday about Conor McGregor. He said whenever he watches Conor McGregor fights, he just sees numbers and he sees openings. He sees ways to attack Conor McGregor that probably you and I don't mm-hmm. see, right? Jorge Masvidal watches that fight and just goes, I would obliterate that guy because he can't do this, which I don't know. I don't know if that's true, but the way he's speaking is basically how Bill Belichick has made his entire incredible coaching career here. Bill Belichick pieces teams apart, sees what they're good at, what they're not good at, and then just divide and conquer at that point. Now, do other coaches do that? Probably. Kyle Shanahan has done that. I think there's there's a lot of people that have been able to. McVay was able to do All good coaches are able to do that, but nobody's been able to do it to Bill Belichick's extent. So with that in mind, you would think if they get another good quarterback, he'd still be able to do what he's been able to do and, and you know, eliminating the other teams, make them play left-handed, make it, all that stuff. But if they don't have success, if Bill Belichick doesn't have success without Tom Brady, the conversation will immediately flip to the thing like, oh, yeah, he was able to do it because he had the greatest football player of all time on his team. And then you'll hear other jealous coaches that didn't have this situation say, I could have done it if I had Tom Brady too. Instead, if Bill Belichick goes on to have a great success without having the greatest player of all time on his team, then it's obviously deserved for everything and warranted mm-hmm. that we've said about him. I, I have nothing to say. I don't know what to say to you guys. <laughs> I, have, I have no idea what I can say to get you off my back about this. But Belichick will still be Bill Belichick at the end of the day. And so will Tom. Let's get to some news that we didn't get to in the first hour. Uh, Nick, what's going on in the world? Penn National Gaming is buying a minority stake in Barstool Sports for $136 million, a deal that values the company at $450 million. Massive congratulations to Dave Portnoy, Erica Nardini, and all of the people at Barstool Sports. This story is one of the American dream, if you really think about it. Dave Portnoy was hustling newspapers on the corner 
on corners of the streets of Boston after retiring from or quitting from a job that he didn't enjoy to pursue this thought. Now they're being valued at $450 million just in the sports talk world. Very, very happy for Dave, Erica, the churning group, all the people at Barstool. This is massive for them. Good for Penn Gaming getting involved and getting it. And honestly, this is the American dream to the epitome with Dave Pornoy. He was quoted this morning as saying, I have unlimited money. <laughs> Good for him. Congrats to them. I am very, as a as a person that was a stoolie before I became an employee, before we became an employee, and now that we're doing our own thing, nothing but happy for them, good for them. And I hope, I can't wait to see how that money is spent and used because Dave will do it in fantastic fashion. Chiefs offensive lineman Laurent Duvernay Tardif is about to become the first medical doctor to play in the Super Bowl. Oh, holy hell. What's his name? Mm. Laurent Duvernay Tardif. He earned his degree of medicine from McGill University in Canada in 2018. He's in the midst of a five-year, $42 million contract. Yeah. With the now with free, free health care mm-hmm. in Canada, do you guys just hand out doctors? Yes, that's what I was thinking too. Can, can it, because it's free health care, so they probably need more doctors mm-hmm. up there. So I would assume that, now granted, I'm not saying it's easy thing to become a doctor up there, but I no, feel Dick's like. did. You didn't I, say I did. <laughs> What's that? It seems easy to become a doctor in Canada. <laughs> Well, they need all the doctors. There is a shortages for See? sure. It's it, it's you cannot get. It's hard if you try now. You can't get your own personal GP. What is that? You're like your own family doctor. You have to go to clinics. Okay, so in Canada, the free healthcare thing is something that is talked about a lot, especially here in America. They go, "Well, Canada's got free healthcare." Well, they have like a, an eighth of our population and all that stuff. But how is the free healthcare up there? You say can't go. I don't know what a GP is. It's just like having your own family doctor. So you have to go if you go to a clinic where I'm from or the hospital emergency. You're there for six to eight hours at least. Let's huh? here too. No, six to eight. I feel like Dix. When was the last time you did any of that to know that? Tony's just bashing I mean, everything that's being said right now. You go, oh, that's his thing. That's kind of, that's you go of, to the ER, you wait. No, I was in and out two hours last time. I went and had a bunch of tests done. Yeah, this six guy almost eight. had a stroke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had a brain test. So that seems like a lie. But congratulations to this guy. By the way, the ability to compartmentalize, compartmentalize schooling and football and be elite at both big brain and go to football only a couple people have really been able to do it because the amount of work it takes to do both is massive good for him doc i hope he does well i'm actually halfway through my online degree to be a doctor in canada i will be a podiatrist in seven months congrats to one of the top podcast hosts in america for also being a doctor in canada and a figure of health (laughs) Yes, a picture of fitness, Todd McComas. Grand Valley State University's offensive coordinator, Morris Berger, has been suspended after speaking to the school's newspaper. He was asked which three historical figures he would want to take to dinner, excluding famous athletes. And he was what? His answers to the question of which three historical figures he'd want to take to dinner. Hold on, he got suspended, this guy? Suspended for his answer. Okay. Uh, First up, he said, you have to go JFK, his experience in the country. Hey, who'd you make mad, by the way? (laughs) Mafia. Yeah. Uh, being that he was a good president and everything. His second answer, he said, and this is a quote, and this might sound crazy, but Christopher Columbus. Hmm. Oh, Christopher Columbus. I mean, I think the more and more that comes out, the guy did a lot of falsehoods and bad things. He has a day. But he does have a day. And, I mean, I'm sure there's some stories to be told around dinner. He justified it with the ability to go on the journey he was on and his emotion into the unknown. Think Ooh. about putting yourself in that situation and then it's take fair. it all in as you arrive is just crazy. Mm-hmm. That fair is enough. kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody told him the world was flat. And he said, uh, I don't have much to live for. I'll go sail. I mean, you could also lie a lot when nobody could fact check you with the whoa, internet. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, that kind of seems like part of our history at this point. Now. 
And the third and person? And the third, uh, the coup de grace, he said, this is probably not going to get a good review, but I'm going to say Adolf Hitler. Oh, jeez! To, oh, to kill him? Uh, his reasoning was it was obviously very sad and he had bad motives, but the way he was able to lead was second to none. Oh, my. Who is this guy? Morris Berger. He was the offensive coordinator at Grand Valley State. Berger. He sounds German. How he rallied a group in a following, I want to know how he did that. Bad intentions, of course, but you can't deny he was a great leader. Well, he brainwashed offensive coordinator. That's how he did it. You also want to sit down with maybe Kim Jong-un. <laughs> what a buffoon this guy is. How about this guy, though? He was coaching kids. He was, he was like he was coaching people. He's like, you know what I want to learn how to do? I want to start a world war with these kids. I would like to sit down with Adolf. What a buffoon that guy is. What's his name? Morris Berger. Okay, so they each got worse there. JFK. Yep. Like, all right, who do you make mad? Let's find out. Christopher Columbus. Okay, I can see how you'd want to talk to him about potentially Adolf Hitler. Mm -hmm. What a dumb, dumb that guy. Burst through that C gap like Hitler would. <laughs> you know. Hitler once said, what is this guy? What a buffoon. What an idiot. Not to poison his meal or anything like that. Like everybody says, if you have a time machine, what would you do? And the, the notorious number one answer is like, I'd go back and I'd kill baby Hitler. Like that, that's what a lot of people say. I'd go back and I'd figure out a way to drop kick baby Hitler. And I know he was probably cute at the time and the people loved him. But what he was going to become is something terrible. This guy's like, no, no, no. Let's talk about leadership. <laughs> Grand Valley's a D2 powerhouse in football, too. Oh, they're, brain they're trying to brainwash kids. What an idiot. Let's go to Keaton in Las Vegas. Keaton, what's going on, pal? Good morning, Pat. Um, you said you placed a handsome bet on the Chiefs, and I hope you win every time you bet on my team. But on the off chance that Pat Mahomes isn't the player of the game, who do you think wins Super Bowl MVP on the Chiefs? Pat Mahomes wins Super Bowl MVP regardless of how often he is used. He'll be used a lot, but he will win Super Bowl MVP. Let me tell you why. They're about to pay him $200 million. To justify them paying him $200 million, not only does he have to pass the optic test, which he already has being an absolute baller, but him being a Super Bowl MVP already makes it a much easier case to say, hey, we're going to give this guy all the money. It happens with most quarterbacks. Whenever they get in there for the first time and they're the franchise player, they give them the Super Bowl MVP regardless whether or not they deserve it. Now, the Patriots, after you win five or four, you start giving them a round and things like that. And I very much understand there's cases where it hasn't happened. But in this particular case, they're about to break bank on Patrick Mahomes. Being a Super Bowl MVP is another thing to add to the resume whenever you read off why you're giving a guy a quarter of a billion dollars. That's yeah. just the way the game goes. And it's not like... He's going to be yeah, he's going to win the MVP if they win. Yeah, he's going to win. I was trying to think of another option. They're not going to run the ball enough for someone else to win. If they win the game it's because of Mahomes. Yes. yes. Agreed. Completely agree. Let's go to Brandon Donner in H-Town, Houston, Texas. What's up, Brandon? Hey, how you doing, uh, Pat? How the boys doing? Hey, we're not too bad down there. Hey, what's going on down there in H-Town? Uh, not much. You know, we're big chilling, big chilling. Um, so I got a question about Jimmy G. Big chilling. So you think that if Jimmy G goes to the Super Bowl, lays a complete egg, and then never gets anywhere close to the Super Bowl or even the championship for that matter, you think people start seeing him as a stooge and a sellout? Not bad sellout. That wasn't bad sellout at all. There, that was pretty good. Uh, people are going to think this is about Jared Goff. I think this is going to be something that's going to be talked about for Jared Goff. 
Jared Goff takes a massive payday after leading the Rams to the Super Bowl. They lose one of their most important offensive linemen. They lose a couple other weapons that they couldn't have. The team ultimately suffers. Jimmy G's already been paid. That team has been very well built by John Lynch. I don't know if Jimmy G lays an egg here, by the way. We're watching highlights of Jimmy G yesterday on TV. His passing, which they have not called upon yet, in the route concepts and the plays that Kyle Shanahan can develop for your quarterback, they haven't had to use any of them in the last month, right? So I'm sure Kyle Shanahan, just like, uh, who said it yesterday? Jeff Garcia. Jeff Garcia told us yesterday, Kyle Shanahan's probably sitting on some plays that he's had that he hasn't had to use in the last couple weeks that could, you know, potentially open up the pass game if they just completely take out the rush game. And I'm talking obviously about the Niners offense. But for me, when you see Jimmy G play and you show the highlights, just the highlights of him passing, Hey, he can throw the ball. He can and, spin it. And that is something that has been forgotten because he's only thrown it, what, 24 times or whatever in the last two games. Everybody And everybody's coming after him like, oh, is he just a quarterback who who is overpaid and doesn't have to do much? It's like if the run game's working, let's just utilize the run game. It's in every single aspect of any type of competitive anything. If something's working and you're going to get a win doing it, there's no reason not to just hammer that thing home and get a big W. The highlights of Jimmy G yesterday – made me very scared because this could be a game where Jimmy G just pops off out of nowhere, just has like a 32 for 36 game. He seems to be a guy who steps up into the limelight, enjoys himself, just like Patrick Mahomes does. I think Jimmy G is a great quarterback, set up for the long haul, and his contract is set up for good for the Niners, too, to continue to build around him. I don't think Jimmy G will fall off the earth after this game. I think they're only getting started, but I don't think he's going to lay an egg, and I hope Patrick Mahomes doesn't either because I bet. A lot, of money. <laughs> a lot of money on them. I took two different spreads on them. I mean, if you're rushing for 7.6 yards per carry, why would you throw the ball? No, there's no rule there's that you no have reason. to throw it 25 times right? a game. There's no reason to. If, you, if you're getting 7.6 yards per pass, that is good. Yes. Yeah, if you're getting – by the way, if every single ball is a completion, guess what, running back? Just go ahead and pass protect, guys. <laughs> we are throwing the ball every single time. If you're 186 yards before contact against that Packers team, which every single time I say that stat, Ty Schmidt almost pukes to himself. That's a ri- Why would you ever go away? And everybody's like, well, Jimmy G uh, didn't have to do much. It's like, no, he didn't. You're 100% right. You know why? Because they built that team up in a beautiful fashion even after paying him. So that's why I don't think he'll disappear. And I think he could pop off in his Super Bowl, and that kind of scares me. They also knew. Like, they knew, like, okay, very early it was apparent they can't stop this. We don't need to, like, end up throwing and have him make a mistake and throw a pick and change the momentum of this game. They cannot stop the run. Imagine, uh, like, Mostert or, or whatever talking to the offensive line in the huddle. He's just like, hey, boys, <laughs> this is going to be a fun one today, isn't it? And the offensive line is just like, can't stop us. And there's, a, I assume there's, and I've never asked an offensive lineman, where they just feel like they're in a groove. Oh, yeah where I feel like they probably get in a zone. It's like whenever you're just picking up other professional athletes and just moving them wherever the hell you want to move them to, and then you got that freak George Kittle on the other side just picking up safeties and just dropping them on their back, and the running back is just skipping through holes. Like, what a feeling that had to be in the NFC Championship to know that you're going to the Super Bowl. It had to be beautiful. My dog was... uh just snoozing there, snoring so loud I had to wake her up. Just got a nasty look, but we're back in the game to explain to you that have you ever heard of clean bamboo? It's the holy grail of fabric. You've probably heard about bamboo sheets, but Etitude's clean bamboo is third generation of bamboo bedding technology, and it is absolutely amazing. 
Etitude sheets are feathery, soft, not to mention beautiful. One customer once said, they make my 1,300-count Egyptian cotton sheets feel like sandpaper. These Etitude sheets are the best sleep of my life. Val's experiencing that right now. She's snoring so damn loud. Etitude is feathery soft. When you lay on it, it feels as if you just hopped into a damn cloud. Not only is your mattress good from shopping from Lisa earlier, but now whenever you put these Etitude sheets right on top, this clean bamboo right on top, it's as if you just hopped into a heavenly hug right on top of your mattress. Organic clean bamboo is extremely breathable. It regulates your temperature to improve your quality of sleep. Customers have claimed that their skin's appearance improved after switching to Etitude sheets. Read the reviews and see for yourself because they're antimicrobial. It's better for the environment. Organic clean bamboo recycles 98% of the water it uses, so it's the most sustainable bedding available. Cotton uses a ton of pesticides and waste water and is harmful on the environment. Not clean bamboo. Why not try Attitude? These amazing sheets have a 30-day risk-free trial. If you're not fully satisfied, you can return your sheets for a full refund. They even cover shipping on returns. Etitude is betting for the educated, conscious consumer. It's 100% organic bamboo made with a non-toxic manufacturing process. It's hypoallergenic and antimicrobial. Antimicrobial. 30-day free trial. I mean, why not try? Why not try? Etitude sheets. They're soft as silk. Breathable as linen, but at the price of cotton. You're going to love them. When you support our sponsors, you support our show. And right now, our listeners will get 20% off their sheet set and free shipping. Just text the word PAT to 64000. The only way to get 20% off your set of Etitude sheets and free shipping is to text PAT to 64000. That's P-A-T to 64000. 30-day risk-free trial. Why wouldn't you try? Plus 20% off? Let's go. Sleep on a cloud today. Sleep on some clean bamboo with our friends at Etitude. Thanks for listening to The Incredible Show today. If you enjoyed it, please tell your friends. If you didn't, just act like it never happened. Big shout-out to Big Tries, Mark Ingram and Miles Sanders for joining us. And, you know, I hope we all... Utilize our time on this earth to be a fulfilling one. You know, spend time with your loved ones. Vanessa Bryant just released an IG post, her first time really speaking out about the entire event. And it was incredibly powerful from her. Talking about obviously how she'll miss them and everything like that and how this has been devastating. But then she flipped it in a manner that was, you know, inspiring. Raising money for the other victims. I mean, it's one of these things where when perspective gets put into place, we all can hopefully become better humans. And that's what I hope to do with this show. And I think the people that listen to this, we're all on the same page. Let's make this world a better place, a happier place, and a much more fun place. Tomorrow, I will be live from Radio Row. Drew Brees and I kick off the show. Matt Patricia will be there. Aaron Donald will be there. Aaron Jones canceled on us. McCordy Twins will be there. Numerous humans chit-chatting. I cannot wait to have you all listen to that 
You're the absolute greatest. Cheers. Have an incredible Thursday. Hopefully the best Thursday you've ever had in your entire life. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.